Welcome to the Strange Catholics Podcast. I'm your host, Phil. I'm also joined, as always, by Terry, who's also in Minnesota with me, and Bob, who's in Virginia. We are three distinct voices, bringing varied perspectives on the church and the world into this conversation. We want you to join in the conversation as well. You can do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics and leave a message there. We also have a link in the description. We used to gather around a table at Caribou Coffee. It's a coffee house here in Minnesota and in the Midwest. Now we gather virtually in hopes that these conversations continue to be a light not only for us, but for you as well. Now let us welcome Terry and Bob into the conversation. Welcome to this week's episode of Strange Catholics. This week we're going to discuss some current events, wisdom, a snippet from the readings from the 16th week in Ordinary Time, talk about God's wisdom and how that informs us, our spotlight saint of the week, is St. James the Apostle. We'll now begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, enliven within our hearts so that we may speak your word. Let us be open to the movings of your Spirit within us. Let us always be attentive to how you are moving within us, and let us always lift up those things that you've placed on our heart. We ask for intercession for all of those that are listening to this, that their hearts may be moved to draw ever closer to you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Current events. Take it away, Bob. Thanks, Phil. Uh, Good evening to both you brothers, and good evening to all of our podcast listeners, wherever you're listening and whatever time of the day it is. Uh, Current events. So, you know, the one thing that we see every week we do, we do these current events is not a week goes by without uh, current events that have a Catholic flair to it or some sort of Catholic involvement. So uh, I want to start with something that is very, very Catholic oriented. And that's the the recent fires that we've seen, the arson in the three Catholic churches, the one uh, at the mission in uh, San Gabriel uh, in California, just just a horrible fire that damaged a nearly 250-year-old church. Uh, there was also a, a very odd type of situation in Ocala, Florida, where a man drove a minivan into the front of church when there's people there. Mass wasn't going on. They were, I think, preparing for Mass. And he uh, dumped it. I think it was 10 gallons of gas out and set the building on fire. Just horrible. Uh, And then just recently here in the last uh, couple of days, last day or so, there's been the the fire of the beautiful old Gothic church in uh, Nantes, France. Uh, well, I don't know if it's a nonce. Let me just, you know, my French ain't that good. And, and Terry was correcting me before we started uh, during the unplugged <laughs> section. But uh, the Cathedral of St. Peter and St. Paul of Nantes. Is is that how you said that, Terry? Yes. Nantes. Nantes. And, 
yeah, I don't think it's in Nantes though. I thought it was in uh, a different part of a, a different city in France, but be that what it may, you know, churches burn getting uh, starting on fire is not a common thing to begin with. Number one and number two, both, all three of these that are arson, we don't, there's nothing really tied to them. They're all for different reasons and they're still under investigation. So we don't know, but except for maybe the Florida one where they apprehended the young man uh, right away. So, but it's just sad. It's sad to see any type of, of violence and, and arson and, and burning of a, of a sanctuary of God, no matter whether it's a, a Jewish temple, uh, a, uh, a Jewish synagogue, uh, you know, uh, or, or any other faith to include Catholic churches. So, so, so that's pretty sad. And do you guys have any comments on that? Well, it's unfortunate in my estimation that in Florida, the, that person feels whatever the, that they're feeling is in obviously in some kind of darkness that the measure that the extreme measure, I would call it extreme measure that they took to not only drive a vehicle into a church, but then dump 10 gallons of gas and light it on fire. I, I pray for that person because obviously there's something emotionally, mentally, somewhere in their soul they feel justified by doing this and obviously that is more of the work of the evil one than anything else how about you phil yeah i mean so just a little point of clarification i don't believe that the san gabriel mission in california has been ruled arson as far as i okay so that one is a fire <laughs> they're still investigating uh, but we do have two that are confirmed to be arson. Um, the one in France that I'm not going to attempt to pronounce and the, uh, <laughs> repairs in Florida. Um, it, you know, to see it, to me, it doesn't matter what the cause is, if it's accidental or arson, no matter what, this is, you know, a place where, um, especially in our, in the Catholic churches that we're talking about, this is a place where Jesus is reposed in the tabernacle. So he's physically, truly present there um, substantially. Right. And this is an attack on his church. So, you know, no matter whatever it might be an attack of from the evil one, like Terry was mentioning, or, you know, it, it happens to be something else, whatever it happens to be in France or in Florida, um, but even in the whatever the fire case was at the San Gabriel Mission, that was a 250-year-old uh, church that was uh, established by Saint Junipero Serra, and you know it's it's just so disheartening to see these these things like we talked about beauty and iconography, these places that we can go that lift us into the realization of the transcendent and the beauty that draws us into that, uh, just to see them you know, either completely destroyed or partially destroyed, whatever it might be. Um, it, it, it is sad to see. Right. I jumped to leap to a kind of a conclusion in the case of the San Gabriel fire it is still under investigation. The church was undergoing significant renovations to mark its 250th anniversary celebration. So 
So we'll stay on this story. We'll let you know on future podcasts what happens. Hopefully it's not arson, but, but whether it's arson or it's not arson, it doesn't matter. You're right. It's, it's, it's the fact that there's uh, the fire in the church and, and, you know, destroying the sanctuary and so on. It's just, it's just very tragic. So I want to transition now to one other quick story that has been in the news. Um, ap- after about a 17 year hiatus, the, the federal government is starting to uh, perform uh, capital punishment again by uh, uh, having death row inmates uh, uh, be put to death. And, and in the last week, there's been three people that have been put to death. So, you know, this for Catholics can be even a controversial issue. We were talking and during our unplugged segment, which you, which you guys don't get to hear, but maybe someday you will, because it's pretty, can get pretty uh, outrageous. Um, just the disagreements, not, not that we have, but that the Catholic church has internally about uh, folks within the Catholic church, not doctrine about, about Catholic capital punishment. I don't want to go into that really here. It's just throw it out there and tell people to go and look at, uh, read about uh, the federal government uh, starting uh, starting up capital punishment again after the 17-year hiatus and the folks that have been put to death here, the three folks in the last uh, week or so, and, and just follow that story. And, and in future podcasts, we're, we're going to talk about capital punishment, uh, the politics of it, uh, the doctrine of it, you know, where the Catholic church is, what the catechism says, all that jazz. So uh, that's all I have for current events. Do you guys have any comments, uh, last comments on capital punishment? I think for me, I'll just chime in here and, and maybe I'm going to reserve my thoughts, my feelings, my words for when we can delve into this deeper, um, you know, we're, touching on it now, but like you said, Bob, you want to go into it uh, in a future uh, podcast. So uh, for me, I will, uh, I will withhold till then. Bill? I would just say read paragraph uh, 2267 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, because I think it'll help inform anyone's uh, perspective on this. <clears throat> well said. And with that, let's transition now to talking about wisdom. And Phil's going to lead that discussion. Yeah, so Bob brought this up because in our readings for the 16th Sunday of Ordinary Time in the Latin Rite Church, we have this reading from wisdom, and it's a little snippet of this larger book. And I wanted to give just a little bit of background on the book of wisdom. Sometimes it's called the Wisdom of Solomon. And just give a little history on it. So this is was written about 100 years before the coming of Christ. It was written in Greek. The author is unknown, but it was uh, written by a member of the Jewish community in Alexandria. So there's, you can already see um, some distance from Jerusalem here in the author of this writing. And really there's a lot of turmoil going on at this time. And the author is trying to draw out um, like Ben Sarah uh, from Sirach, the how God is always reaching out to us, how we are always in need of repentance, and how in God reaching out to us, he will eventually send a Messiah who we now know to be Jesus Christ. So there's a lot in this. And I just 
the piece that we have from our reading today, you know, is a subset of chapter 12. It's just really a, a few ver handful of verses, um, but there's, there's a lot to it. So we're not going to necessarily read these verses because we encourage you to open your Bibles to wisdom chapter 12 and read verse 13 and 16 through 19 and just pray on that. But now we're going to kind of open up the discussion to, you know, here we have some wisdom. How do we discern the wisdom of God? How do we discern something that's, you know, of the world and just expand that conversation a little bit in in the catechism, we have many references for wisdom. I don't want to go too deep into that, but I do just, you know, in the back of your catechism, or if you are searching it online, you can find all of these references. So they're not, they're not so obscure that you can't find them. Um, but it, there's, so part of the, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the gifts that we are given, um, one of them is wisdom. And, looking at that and trying to unpack what is that wisdom um, that wisdom is seeking to understand and uh, hunger for the knowledge of God. Right. So that's our wisdom, wisdom, how to discern how, what God is speaking to us at a moment in time and how he's speaking to us, you know, through his word, through his church. We have, a lot of opportunities to seek and understand what it is that God is speaking to us from paragraph 216 from the catechism. God's truth is his wisdom, which commands the whole created order and governs the world. God who alone made heaven and earth can alone impart true knowledge of every created thing in relation to himself. Last thing I'm going to quote from the catechism is paragraph 295. We believe that God created the world according to his wisdom. It is not the product of any necessity, whatever, nor the blind fate or chance. We believe that it proceeds from God's free will. He wanted to make his creatures share in his being, wisdom and goodness. For you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. That's from Book of Revelation, chapter 4, verse 11. Before I quote any other scripture verses, do you guys have anything else that you want to uh, impart on this? Well, I'll just jump in here real quick, Phil. So to add to what you were saying, absolutely, we, we encourage people to open up their Bible. Uh, but if they are uh, having trouble or if they just want to go to uh, a quick reference on their phone, you can go to the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops and under... Bible, uh, choose readings of the day for Sunday, July 19th. And the very first reading is the reading from Wisdom uh, for today. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. What I would say is, you know, I, I, I would focus this more on the gift of wisdom. You know, the first and highest gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's what I would have. To, that's what I would have to add. I could read more here, but I don't know if. <laughs> that needs to be the last thing I, so from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians uh, chapter uh, so chapter 1 verses 24 and 25 but to those who are called Jew, Jews and Greeks alike Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God so he's he's talk, he's helping us expand on you know what 
this wisdom is, and it's not just for, so when he's saying Jews and Gentiles alike, that means, you know, all nations, right? That's an all encompassing umbrella that St. Paul is trying to uh, encourage that this wisdom that's given is not just for a select people, but it's given for everyone to take in, to discern, and to act upon. Wisdom goes on to a certain divine penetration of the truths themselves. Built into wisdom is, is the element of love, which inspires contemplative reflection on these divine mysteries, rejoices dwelling on them, and directs the mind to judge all things according to their principles. Beautiful, beautiful. said, Bob. Yes, well said. Where did you where where did you find that uh, beautiful expression? I found it online in a Catholic dictionary on a website, and it doesn't give it doesn't give a reference for where they got it. It just says, uh, "Here's the gift of wisdom, and here's the definition." So I'm sure it's coming from somewhere. Or it's an amalgamation of things, but uh, it doesn't give me that. So almost sounds like a church father, right? And it, and it, right, and where it's coming from, and mm-hmm. so you know. So I, I I walk gently on this because you know websites can say a lot of different things. But when I read through it real quick, after I had first said something about it, I uh, well, I might as well read it because I think that that really does encapsulate what we some of the things we were talking about. Indeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and for me, wisdom, where I really draw my wisdom from is uh, just sitting down and being quiet and, and being prayerful. And that's where I feel the Holy Spirit speaks to me and brings me peace and wisdom in my time of prayer. And yeah, beautiful example of how we can seek to know and understand that wisdom that God is speaking to us. Also in church teaching, we can see God's wisdom. Um, Sometimes we don't always like what the church teaches on a particular topic. But if we just, again, do what Terry said, sit with that and, you know, bring that angst that we have to God and lift that up and just rest with it. And once we speak our peace on it, then just sit and be and allow God to really move within us to see how we may come to understand through his wisdom, how it is he's speaking through this, whatever it might be, the scripture verse, this church teaching, whatever it might be that we're struggling with, just sitting and resting with it. Amen. Amen. And maybe that angst too. I've, I've heard this, I've heard very many people talk about this. If you're feeling uneasy or, or feeling angst about something, uh, that's the Holy Spirit stirring within you to move you further into wisdom or to gain knowledge or to sit with it and become more peaceful about whatever it is that's bringing you angst. So as we what- talk about reading the book of wisdom and and reading more about wisdom generally, you know, God's wisdom, the wisdom that God has given us, you know, I would also uh, once again, encourage folks to go out and, and, uh, and read St. Ignatius and consolation desolation. And and that, because basically on what Terry's talking about, about that stirring inside of you and knowing 
when God's with you and when you should be making decisions and all that other stuff. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of a precursor that that'll be a saint that we might be talking about next week. <laughs> well said, Bob. One last thing I want to say about the book of wisdom is this is what is called part of the Deuter deuterocanonical books. So this is a book that Jesus um, would have heard, would have read um, only later on. Um, did the what is what are now today the Jews? Did they not bring this book into their canon? And later on in the 1500s, was this book removed because it was written in Greek and not Hebrew? So, just giving some background, if you're looking in your Bible and you can't find this book of wisdom, it could be that you don't have a Catholic Bible. That I thought was kind of interesting from a reference that I found the purpose of. Uh, the Book of Wisdom, or also called the Wisdom of Solomon, is to demonstrate the superiority of the Jewish religion and its great wisdom. So I find it interesting that, that this author wrote this, but it is nowhere in, from what I hear you saying, Phil, uh, a Jewish Bible or Torah. Correct. Yes. Because it was written in Greek and not Hebrew, and that's really one of the determining factors. And it was written in Alexandria, but anyways, so aside from that. All right. Thanks a lot, Phil, for, for taking the lead on that this week. Folks, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back in just a minute. Stay with us. All right. We're back. And uh, I just want to talk quickly about a new segment of that'll be starting next week on the podcast. It, it's tentatively titled uh, please pray for me or please pray for us and, and what that is is one we want all of you out there to pray for us pray for us three pray for our family pray for our extended family um, and, and we in turn pray for you every day but we want to know what your specific prayer intentions are because we're here to be in fellowship with you and to pray with you and, and to use that power of God to help each other out. So please go to wherever you listen to this podcast, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. If, uh, if you're getting it through Anchor, there's places there that you can make comments. Those, those Put a comment in there and, and, and leave us your prayer intentions. And, and we'll, we'll have those right here. We'll, we respect your privacy. We'll use your first name. We'll, we'll say what it is, and we'll pray for you at the end of every podcast. And we're going to start that next week. Um, so that's all. There'll be more coming out on that, but that's all I have to say for now. Let's push it over to Terry to talk about St. James the Apostle. Well, thanks, Bob. Uh, so we're, we are profiling this week St. James the Apostle, Uh St. James, his feast day is coming up on July or is in the past, again, depending upon when you're listening. Uh, St. James has a uh, very strong personal connection for me as uh, there is a strong family history of the name James uh, throughout my mom's side of the family. So a uh, special, uh, special place in my heart for St. James. Um, his feast day, however, is on the liturgical calendars of not only the Roman Catholic Church, but the Anglican Church, Lutheran, and certain Protestant churches as well. St. James is known as the greater 
in order to distinguish him from the other apostle, St. James, who uh, has a uh, book of the Bible, one of the epistles after the New Testament. Um, that St. James, St. James the Lesser, is was a cousin to Jesus, according to some sources, um, and was St. John the Baptist's brother. Also, the distinction that I found from other sources is uh, the St. James that we are talking about, uh, who is the son of Zebedee and Salome. Uh, St. James was, al was also nicknamed the greater because he was taller than the other apostle. So depending upon which resource you, uh, you are looking at, there are two explanations for why he's called St. James the greater. Very little is known or written about his early life. Uh, what we do know is that he has a, a brother uh, who happened to be St. John the Evangelist, wrote the Gospel of John. Uh, as I said earlier, he they were sons of Zebedee and Salome, and they were also called, nicknamed by Jesus, or rather called by Jesus. I've got a nickname for them coming up here in, in my profile as well. The two were called by Jesus as they worked with their father, in a fishing boat on the Sea of Galilee. The fact that the name James always occurs before that of his brother seems to imply that James was the elder of the two brothers. It is worthy of notice that James is never mentioned in the Gospel of St. John. This author observes a humble reserve, not only with regard to himself, but also to members of his family, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, he is, James and John were nicknamed by Jesus as the sons of thunder. Mm -hmm. This comes from yeah. various sources. The Samaritans would not welcome Jesus because of uh, he was on his way to Jerusalem. This comes from the Gospel of Luke. And it states, when the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? So Jesus turned and rebuked them. And from that moment on, they became the sons of thunder. With Peter and John, James was one of the, one of the witnesses of the transfiguration, the raising of Jarius's daughter. And he was also later uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, witnessing the agony of Christ and also falling asleep as well. Uh, following Christ's ascension, James spread the gospel across Israel and the Roman kingdom as well. He traveled and spread the word for nearly 40 years in Spain. It is said that one day he prayed to the Blessed Virgin and she appeared to him and asked him to build her a church, which he did. James won the crown of martyrdom, uh, the first of the apostles to be martyred in 44 AD. He, uh, he was martyred by Herod Agrippia, the grandson of Herod the Great, who persecuted Christ. He, uh, his great object was to please the Jews in every way and showed regard for the Mosaic law and found the new Jewish Christian faith that was being formed at that time, an aberration. Um, so he martyred St. James with a sword. He beheaded him. Um, and 
after his death, uh, he was not allowed to be buried. His, so his remains were taken to Compostela, Spain, by some of his followers who buried him there. And that is St. James the Great. So is St. James the Great, is, is he the... Is he uh, the patron, the military patron of Spain, or is that Saint Iago? I'm just reading some stuff here because about the legend of Saint James, the Greater. Is there one greater than the Great? I think there's only one, right? Saint James, the I've I've seen, I saw it when doing the research, it, he was referred to as Saint James the Great or Saint James the Greater, and yeah, he is so. the patron saint of Spain. Yeah, that's what I was reading about here. Because I don't know that much about St. James. And a lot of the things you read, it says there's not a there's not there's not a lot known about his early life, like you said, and stuff like that. So right. I was just reading a little bit about this here. But uh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That it yeah. sounded like that uh uh him and his brother were quite ambitious young men <laughs> from what I've read. Yeah. Yeah, and they were very passionate about yes. whatever they believed in. That was the sense that I got from a lot of my research. Just a beautiful saint, a witness, um, patron of pilgrims as well as of Spain. So anyone that is traveling can enlist St. James to intercede for them. Yeah, and folks, you, there's so many resources out there, you know, you go read uh, the portion of the Bible Terry talked about, um, and there's others, and then just you know go online and and, and Google Saint James the Great or Saint James the Apostle or Saint James the Greater, and, and there's so many different sites out there. You know you got to kind of uh, you know keep it in context on some of these websites, but it, there's a lot of information out there for you to learn about these these great. Uh, people in uh, Catholic history. The great witness he had to be present at all of those remarkable events in Jesus Christ's life and to be able to then bring what he saw to the, the people of Spain. So I think Terry brought up the transfiguration. And I think in the future podcasts, I'd like to talk more about the transfiguration because that those passages of the Bible and that seminal event it, it to me is just utterly fascinating like would like to explore that more here in a future podcast just trying to get those topics out there gentlemen. <laughs> love it phil are you taking notes yes <laughs> right folks i tend to riff a little bit too much so <laughs> the end of the time for this segment do you have anything else on saint james i do not other than just the fact that, uh, uh, again, that personal connection, I've absolutely loved St. James. I was actually, he was assigned to me as, uh, you know, in grade school as a, uh, a saint to write about when I was in Catholic grade school because uh, it, St. But, uh, yeah, I've just, I, I always had a great fondness ever since then for, uh, for St. James the Apostle. Well said. Well, folks, we've come to the end of podcast, podcast number eight. Hey, we're doing the best we can to improve all the time. Your comments 
are are welcomed. In fact, I'm I'm begging for them. We'd love to have your comments on show topics and what you can think, what you think we can do to improve. So wherever you listen to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, please put some comments. There's there's some other uh, there's a website that Phil's going to talk about real quick here, Anchor and all that other stuff where you can find us as well to have comments. But but please, you know, give us your comments, give your prayer intentions. We, we, we'd love to pray for you. Please pray for us. We'll see you next week, Phil, the Anchor information. Yep, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics. And really, I think the best way to communicate your prayer intentions would be our email address, strange Catholics pod, that's P-O-D at gmail.com. There's a link in the description as well. Well, we've come to the end of another podcast and it's time for a closing prayer. And uh, the rose has been pinned on Terry or he has volunteered to do it. So Terrence, please take it away. Thank you, Robert. My dear brothers in Christ, let's begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Great and heavenly Father, you are so good and so loving and so forgiving. We just thank you so much for the blessings you bestow on us each and every day. Thank you for the beauty of these two gentlemen that share a microphone with me each and every week. Fill them up with the Holy Spirit and let your blessings shower down upon them. Thank you for our listeners. Please shower your blessings on them as well. They are good and holy people who long to serve you and to know more about you and god we just pray that you will guide us and help us on this journey as uh, you did saint james on his journey and we pray all these things through christ our lord amen amen Amen. father son holy spirit amen amen well gentlemen it's always an honor yeah and until next week Love you, brother. Love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Strange Catholics. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation and that it helps you continue to dive into a deeper reflection and union with our Lord Jesus Christ and his church. If you would like to leave some feedback, please go to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics. You can leave us a message there. We will play and respond to your question or comment as we are able in the next episode. We ask that you share this podcast and this episode, especially with at least one person. This will help get the word out and help more people to join in the conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. This really helps podcasts get traction and help even more people discover the peace, love, and mercy that our Lord offers each and every one of us. Thank you again for listening. Have a glorious day, and may God bless you.